So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Welcome, Rockstar Nation. Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market Podcast with your host, Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman. All right, Rockstar Nation, I am excited for today's State of the Market. Uh, my co-host, Kevin Kaufman, is out uh, this week with family, and I have a great co-host. First time co-hosting, Mr. James Festini, Century 21 extraordinaire out of Southern California. Always a great uh, guest on the show, and he has agreed to come on and talk about some serious news here in the real estate sales industry. James, welcome to the state of the market. Thank you, man. It only took like a year of begging. Anytime I hear your podcast, I'm like, I have an answer, man. I got to say something. So thank you for letting me come in. I got so much to say about a lot of things. And, you know, which, which, is a, which is a great point, you know, guys. Listen, you know, if, if you have opinions and, and you like the stuff we talk about on Stay the Market, hey, reach out to me. Like James reached out to me on Facebook. Just send me a you know, wherever, just, I, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place. Just send me an email. My email, by the way, is pat at hybin.com. I'll just give it to you, pat at hybin.com, first and last name. But anyways, let me know if you're cool and you have opinions and you have uh, knowledge of what uh, is going on in the real estate industry and you are into that, uh, maybe I'll have you on just like I did, James. So, James, let's let's jump off uh, this uh, with some front page news, and that is Department of Justice, right? Depart whatever the but Department of Justice is the federal government, as you would say, federal authorities, the feds, right? The man, the man, the federal authorities. So, the federal authorities went to Core Logic. And guys, if you're not, if, if your MLS is not CoreLogic, uh, you know, CoreLogic is one of the big ones. Basically, it's Matrix. Have you ever heard of Matrix? I know in Maryland, in D.C., in Virginia, it's all Matrix. Do you have Matrix there? Yep. In yeah, Somewhere Matrix is California. Yeah. Okay. So it's Matrix, right? 750,000 real estate agents. That's no joke. That's a lot of agents, right? And they demanded uh, to see all of the search records of the 750,000 agents uh, because they wanted to look into the co-op commissions, right? Like what, right. what kind of searches are agents doing in co-op commissions? And, and you, you know, I, I, you know, I'm out of the game, James. I don't, I, you know, I, I have, you know, Mike Sloan runs Pat Hyben real estate group. I'm not involved. I'm in a different state and, but uh, we still talk on a regular basis. And so I, I sent an email because I was curious to Mike Sloan and Amber, who, who is essentially running the office there. And I was like, you know, we use Matrix. 
And I'm curious what the federal government wants to do with it. Oh, and basically what this has to do, James, is like, like in the, you know, we all have, we've talked in prior episodes. If you haven't, if you're not up to date, just listen to a couple of prior episodes of Stay the Market. But there's been class action lawsuits, two major <laughs> class action lawsuits filed against all the major MLSs. Uh, filed against the Board of Realtors, filed against the National Association of Realtors, yes, NAR, and filed against Keller Williams, Century 21, Remax, uh, all the big companies. So two major lawsuits. Now, these are private citizens, right? So anybody could sue anybody, right? So it's not a big deal. It is a big deal, but it's not a big deal when somebody sues somebody. But this is different. This is the government, right? This is the Department of Justice saying, hmm, Maybe these big shot lawyers, eh, maybe there's something here that we should look at ourselves and see if we need to see if, if somebody is breaking an antitrust. It's all about antitrust, antitrust <clears throat> law, you know, by charging, by, and basically what they're saying is our commission's too high, right? Our commission's too high because the because they're not decoupled i'm trying to dumb this down you know if they were decoupled if they're if the buyer paid the co-op and the seller paid only the seller's listing commission like it is in the rest of the world other than north america if north america did it like the rest of the world would they be less yes or no and now the federal government saying maybe the consumer is getting screwed maybe the seller is getting screwed and paying too much Let's look into it and make that decision ourselves. So they demanded this. So anyway, so what I did is I said, I went, I went to Amber and I said, Amber, I want you to go into a matrix and I want you to search per co-op commission, right? I want you to search 2% or less because that, that's the gig, right? They're just trying to say, you know, how many agents are actually searching for their sellers and telling their sellers, listen, I searched whether or not you could sell this home for less than X. And what I found out is this many people are able to successfully do it. So maybe you should try it too, right? Right. And they're trying to look at those searches and seeing how many agents are actually doing that rather than just going out there and saying, here's the commission and, you know, this much goes to the co-op agent and this much goes to the listing agent. And I said, I said, when you search, you know, under just curiosity, under 2%, uh, how many listings are there for Howard County, Maryland? And she said, 101 listings out of 1,761. So that's what, like 7% are 2% co-ops or less, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. And I said, can you put a dollar amount in there? So if James Festini wanted to put a co-op as a dollar amount, like five bucks, is that allowed, right? Or does it kick it back and say, no, you can't do that. It's got to be a certain percent. No, you, you can do that, right? Yeah, so, which is yeah good, you can. Which is good against the feds, meaning uh, the feds are trying to say, not that they're trying to say, they're investigating, as is this NAR lawsuit is trying to investigate, whether you're forced to put a percentage in there whether you're forced to put a certain high percentage in there or you can do whatever you want. So it, it, it fares good for the agents that you can do whatever you want. It fares good for the agents that you can actually search so you could give your seller information and say, 
you know, I searched and this is what I came up with. And so they're trying to say that agents aren't able to search and thereby it's a conspiracy, right? Any antitrust thing is a conspiracy. Well, this is all fair and good for the agents because it's, it's showing that it's not a conspiracy that you're able to do as an agent what you want. No one's forcing you to, uh, by not giving you the ability to uh, co-op a dollar amount, not giving you the ability to search and find out, you know, how many people are actually selling for certain co-ops. Um, right. I mean, you could go in there and you could put in, you know, has anybody sold a house for a dollar? And, and so it allows you to do that. And that's, I think, a good thing. If it didn't allow you to do it, then they might have a, a better case. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, as complicated as it is, it's it, in a nutshell. This comes down to somebody was wronged and cried foul. Who was it? A buyer or a seller? What do you think? A buyer or a seller? A seller. It a was, seller it was said... Unequivocally a seller because yeah. the, the, the people in the lawsuit, right? The, the two class action suits are sellers. And what they're saying is that, that, you know how they always have to take poster children. They take like three of them, I think, for each class action lawsuits and then other people can follow suit. But, right. but they're sellers and they're saying, the sellers are saying, look, I think the market was less, meaning the market was less, like I could have sold my house for less of a commission and the buyer who bought the house overpaid. Wait a minute. Maybe they're buyers, because if, the buyer, <laughs> if the buyer overpaid, they have to overpay to pay the commission. Right. No, I think you're right. I think they're buyers actually, because the buyers oh. are suing, saying, "Look, we overpaid for this house because that seller had to pay a commission rather than me being able to negotiate that commission." Maybe they're both, and then the seller says, "We didn't make as much profit because we had to pay both sides of the commission." It's probably both. Right. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it, it comes down to, uh, yeah, okay, let's, let's just imagine that a buyer says, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I paid more because the seller pays the commission. But in some, in, in some way, an agent, an agent, a buyer's agent is responsible to say, and the, most of the time the buyers are going to say, how do you get paid? And you say, oh, the old script, which always just like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, don't worry about it. You don't pay me. The seller pays me, but technically you're paying three, let's say, let's just use 5%, two and a half percent more because I'm coming in there representing you. But the, the, the flip side of that, the question is, then will the buyer say, well, I'll just go ahead and pay less and forget you. I'm going to go directly there, which they do all the time. So if, if an agent is transparent and saying, I, I can't imagine an agent telling the buyer, but if you go directly to them, then you can avoid that commission. Chances are, like when I get a buyer who comes in and says, I'm coming to you directly. Will you reduce your commission? I, I say, no, I'm still doing the same amount of work. It's like, it's because I'm building two houses. It doesn't mean I'm not building two houses. You're not going to get two for one. That doesn't work like that. If you want to go get an agent, it's probably better. I, I refer agents away from me or buyers away from me when they come in. So if a buyer is misunderstanding how the money works and that the agent, the agents get paid for by the seller, here's the question for a seller or a buyer, more for the seller if the seller is upset. Would they get more 
by eliminating the buyer's agents and not promoting it in the MLS because if this, if, you could put it in the MLS and say $5 commission. But you, any agent, most agents look at that. Because most agents, I'm going to say the two agents, uh, the most agents in the U.S., or the majority of agents sell they, two they deals do. a year. They, they look at it, but, but they don't. I mean, it's like uh, if eight out of ten houses now are being sold or being shown based on a Z- Zillow or, you know, one of these, you know, where the buyer finds it themselves, right? You know, does the, does the agent actually look at it? You know, they, most they of the buyers a settlement, but yeah, most of the qualified buyers just find it. Yeah. This has to do with, with just transparency. When I go to a listing appointment, I show them, here's how much I'm going to make and here's how it's split. Any questions? I've never, and maybe this could start happening because people read the news or something, but I've never had a seller say, why do I have to pay the buyer's agent? I just want you. And in the same in the same turn is that there's discount brokerages who say I'll do it for three percent. In many cases, are saying, "Yeah, I'll do it for three percent, but uh, we're going to have to pay the other guy some more." But now that I got you at the table, let's talk about that. And it's kind of a bait and switch in many cases for the discount yeah, yeah, yeah. guys. Interesting to get them in, and a lot of people don't understand that. And by then, it's you know they already got the lead. But if if that's the case, then most qualified buyers in the marketplace already have an agent. We can assume that within the day that Joe Blow buyer says, I'm interested in buying a home, they download whatever app, if it's 2019, and they say, I'm interested, within four or five clicks, they're going to be connected with Joe Blow Real Estate. And that's it. The relationship is built, provided that they have some rapport or something. If this is one of those lone wolf buyers who just hop from one to the other, then it's a whole different animal, which is the minority of most buyers out there, investors maybe sometimes do that. But for the most part, they're going to get connected to someone who says, I will guide you. I'll be your Sherpa. Let's go through. And at some point, is that buyer going to turn around and say, oh, I didn't realize I could eliminate you and save X amount of dollars based on not having the seller pay me in return. But how do you bypass that seller unless they're doing it by owner? You're going to go to an agent. The agent's going to turn around and say, here's my commission for this side and here's my commission for that side. And maybe I can work. So it's going to be, it's so yeah, I mean, convoluted. It's you can yeah. never get rid of it. I don't know who they're arguing unless somebody's lying about everything. If you don't tell, and <laughs> to me, well, yeah, that's the thing, that, right? Because agents, uh, you know, uh, there's a fine line between lying and just not massively disclosing. I think, and, and you know, I can say this, right? Uh, you know, I'm selling real estate. 30, you know, I've been my, I've had my full-time license 30 some years. You know, I, I don't think that agents are really, and, and what I've done in the past, I don't think they're like, they like hyper, hyper focus. And I, uh, you know, on, on making sure that the seller understands equivocably how the commissions are split and the buyer understands equivocably how commissions are paid, you know, and, and quite frankly, a lot of times the sellers don't care, you know, they just want their house sold. They just want to know what the total amount, how much are you getting and when do you got to move? But I guess that's, you know, well, anyways, we'll see. Let's uh, yeah. let's move on to some stuff, uh, other stuff, because man, we could fill up the whole show just on. It's a can of worms, movies. man. Oh my It'll god, it's go going to be interesting to watch. Nothing that. new; it's just news. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else we got to talk about today, James? Lawsuits. 
lawsuits. More lawsuits. It's always like, what, what else is there in the news, man? What, an app or two? We're talking lawsuits. It, uh, the big one that, that hits home to me is an agent in Southern California, and, and you can find it on any article, an agent in Southern California, not me, you'd know it if it was me. An agent in Southern California was the epicenter and the company was Coldwell Banker, somewhere in that ring. I'm trying to track down that individual. If, you got, if you're that agent, call me. I'll keep you on, on sure, the private sure side. Figure it out, yeah. But I want to know, yeah. An agent, here's, here's, here's the, the problems with this whole can of worms. It has to do with the do not call. It has to do with texting. It has to do with the MLS sourcing the data for expireds. And it has to do with massive agents being pushed into doing the expireds. So we're talking about a lawyer. I mean, uh, an agent that's being sued because they called an expired. Yeah, according to the article, it had to have started with one agent. But according to the article... Hundreds of agents were hammering an expired the day after it expired. Problem is, is that the, the homeowner was on the do not call list. So clearly, hundreds of agents were not complying with the do not call list. Well, the first one they're going to pinch is the agent. And the agent's going to say, the broker, I'm working under them. The broker's going to look at the MLS. So the MLS has got tied in. And through all of this, this started back in February. And it turned out that, unbeknownst to most agents, your MLS does not let you call expires. They don't tell you not to, but because we've been doing it for decades, somewhere in most MLS rules are, if this is expired, you cannot call them. But you see, most of this data now, 10, 15 years ago, agents... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. Bottom line is what you're saying is, if, if they're an expired and they're on the do not call list, you can't call them. But That's everything else whammy. is free game. No, no, it's a double whammy. The MLS because Southern does, California no. has that funky rule where you can't call expireds at all. But right. other, like if you go to Maryland or West Virginia or Kentucky or whatever, I mean, you can call as many expireds as you want. I don't know. You check with your MLS, and, I, and I'm sure there's a rule in there that says you can't use our data to solicit homeowners. But knowledge, you if you, you think, because well, that's, that's been, I mean, people have been calling expireds I would think. for I decades. Know. You know what I mean? The, the, the local MLS of mine in Southern California is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, besides the New York one. And it's been there forever. That rule is nothing new. It's just brought uh, to light. I think that you guys have that rule. But I, I don't think that other people have that. I think where, where it lies in other states is you, it's free game. Like if... If they're on the do not call list, that's a whole separate thing. But if they're if right. they're not on the do not call list and they expired, there's no rules in Maryland that say you can't call them, right? I think that's so. Where are you getting California, this? New York thing? Well, I let the listeners. I, I'd be very curious in the comments or wherever you have the comments below. Please respond and say no. Our MLS definitely. I can't imagine any MLS saying sure use our data to pound these people by the dozens. You know, at seven a.m the day after it expired. Yeah, it I just, don't know it, if they, they use the data, but they use the data. They use the, the MLS to know that it's expired. The knowledge but of then, the data. But then yeah. they use the tax records or, or they use a service to find out right. the, the, the phone number. So it's not, they're not using the MLS. They're only using the MLS to know that it's expired. Yeah, especially if the MLS is one of those. I mean, there's now uh, showing time is one of the applications that are widely popular in Southern California and probably in a lot of places where it's a, a call center. So my seller's phone number never goes on the MLS. 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 
every seller's number went on the MLS. 20 years ago, agents figured out the day before it expires, set your calendar to remove that number because then they'll never be able to find them. And then five, 10 years ago, data scraping, scraping the web for that data of the homeowner is possible. So now we have softwares that will search for the phone numbers. But again, I, again, I, I would think it's more than not MLSs just don't want you doing that because they're ultimately going to be the ones that the homeowner is going to say, who gave you permission to give out my number? And whether or not they did, they're going to be in the line of destruction. And they're not going to, it would be easier for the MLS to say, it wasn't us because we don't endorse it or allow it. See in our, our bylaws, well, rather than MLS, saying it wasn't MLS, us. Yeah, I don't think it's an issue of the MLS giving out the, the phone number. I think you're right. I think it's, you know, you could pay companies, right? Like, you know, yeah. companies, you could pay to get that information, lickety split, right? How's right. that? Uh, well, there, there's several companies out there that you can subscribe to to get the expired data. And when you get that expired data, they scrape the internet for multiple phone numbers. So in many cases, there's uh, you can get the landline if it exists. You can get the cell phone number uh, and the email address. And it will actually go as far as to give you other alternate addresses. Just like when you do the find out what with your look at yourself on the internet and you can see your whole history. They're scraping that data and saying, here, this Joe, you know, Joe expired, Joe Seller just expired. Here's all the numbers that are potentially associated with them. By the way, here's the ones on the do not call. It's your game. Our rules with our service says we're going to let you say it. We're going to tell you it's on the do not call. It's up to you. That goes back to the problem with whoever this agent was in Southern California. They ignored that it was the do not call because it's easier to ignore it. They think that it's easier to ask for forgiveness <laughs> than it is for permission, but now they well, do not call. Yeah, I think what's happening is like, like it's hard to decide like who, who's at fault, right? So what, what, at the end of the day, it's the agent because so the MLS, it expires, right? They got to let you know that it expired. So it, right. it, it's out. So they're not in trouble. Then, then there's these services that you pay for, right? That, that scrub the leads and, and ask you, do you want the phone number of this expired listing? Right. And, and, you, and I think you, you had mentioned that it actually asked you, do you want the information of expired listings that are, are on the do not call list and off the do not call list or just right. the ones that are off the do not call list, right? Right. You, you do have that option to say, I don't want anything on the do not call list. So then what is it? So if I pay this service and I'm a member of the MLS, two completely different places, if I pay the service and I get the last night's expireds and I call them this morning, am I in violation of my MLS rules? Because I am calling expireds, which is not really the MLS, but uh, knowledge of it from this service. Hmm. how is the MLS involved? So again, it's going to be a weird yeah, thing where yeah. is the MLS going to kick me out because I'm calling expires? I well, didn't even go to your database. You click, if you click the button that says, give me both, give me do not call and give me people not on the do not call, then, mm -hmm. it, then the agent becomes liable because that, yeah. that service asked you, which one do you want? And then, and, 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 and then you have a texting service. There's, 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 so a lot of agents are using like four or five different services to do this, and you know, I think this this actual lawsuit that you're talking about, the most recent one, and, and it's there's two most recent ones in South Florida. They both happen to be uh, no one was uh, Caldwell Banker, and was one was uh, against Mars Cuso Real Estate. Had to do with 
uh, text. Marzuko. Marzuko real estate. Yeah. And it has, it's, and this is a whole nother can of worms is texting. And I don't know, my, my cellular service doesn't charge me for text. So I don't know how it works, but it's similar to back in the day when you would send someone an unsolicited fax, you had to pay for their paper and their ink. Therefore you were billing them <laughs> for your solicitation. This is the same thing is that in a, in a way home uh, consumers using their cellular service have to pay for texts. I don't, I don't think I pay. It's I unlimited, don't, I don't right? Think so. Yeah, I don't think so. But in some I, way I do pay for the service. But, and but so I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's a, a matter of pennies. I think it's a matter of, of, of people getting like 10 million texts and 10 million calls and trying to watch their kids soccer game and going serenity now and like throwing the yeah. phone in a Creek. Uh, I, you know what I mean? I mean, I think that they're like, so, uh, you know, I guess here's the thing when it boils down to it is, you know, and I know, you know, there's a lot of people listening that love getting business off expires. I've made a lot of money selling expired, selling Fizbo's and all that stuff. Now that I'm on the outside, I look at things a little differently. But, you know, I look at it as, you know, at the end of the day, is a consumer that daft that they can't figure out how do I find another new real estate agent? Do they really need freaking 8 million agents calling them and texting them until they relist it as active again? Uh, a lot of times if I do get an expired coming up, I have to warn the seller, you know, that, that, that would help too. I think a lot of agents, by the time the listing is coming to its end, that the communication is broken down so bad that, you know, they're already kind of bitter as to the agent disappearing. And now this happens where, where were all of these agents? You got to think from the consumer, you know, where were all these agents when it wasn't for sale? They don't realize that they're being solicited. Yeah, they're just wondering why you, the interest. Yeah. And you can't protect them from that because, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Jills out of Miami and how they were, you know, they were putting spaces in their, they were putting spaces in their, in, in their addresses like East Space, yeah, space, yeah. Cooper Space, 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 space. And so people couldn't find them once they expired and then they would be able to, you know, obviously, hopefully when people wanted to see it, they'd still have to call them rather than calling James Cassini right. who called on expired. And they got in trouble for that, right? So, you know, you can't protect them. You can't do stuff like that. You just got to let it happen. Uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting <laughs> to see. I see they called listings. They, they called, uh, this was Realtor Magazine, guys. Uh, so, uh, so basically, Realtor Magazine got a hold of the owner of Listings the Leads and Listings the Leads, who is this guy? Uh, Grossberg is his name. No, Pierce. Uh, he basically says he told Realtor Magazine, I urge real estate professionals to check their local laws to make sure their combination of technology programs doesn't violate anti-spam laws. Yeah. But Bottom in a nutshell, line. the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, 1991, it's been around. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hammer these through so that just for the sake of everybody's clarity, what this means. You can't call people before 8 a.m. or after 9 p.m. I don't call people. I call people from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. That's my draw, right? That, that's pushing. You cannot call people on the do not call list. Real estate agents, you are not exempt, period, okay? Previous relationship, it's, it, take your chances, you know? You can't say, oh, Century 21 downtown because now we're Century 21. We can call them because we're affiliated. You, can't, you, you cannot use an auto dialer 
or pre-recorded messages. Now, this is where it gets gray area because auto dialers are dialers that are looking for people and hanging up on someone in the background and then connecting you in the front. That is called abandoning. You're not supposed to abandon phone calls. You can use machines that will dial instead of you touching your finger can dial and you speak to someone live. But once you start talking, leaving messages, hitting one button, you ever watch the Simpson episodes? Uh, Homer Simpson started a telemarketing gig and he just pushed a button and spammed people all night long. <laughs> no. You can't push a button and then start automating your voice. But if someone, if you get an answer machine, is you this, say, is this NAR or is this uh, Oh, this is the, this is bigger than NAR. This is, the man. This is the, these oh, are the rules. Oh, oh, these are the rules. Okay, okay. These are the rules that all... These are the 1991... Uh, these are 1991 and now. I mean, this is the, yeah. the top class action suit, but they're all talking about this. Companies must maintain a company-specific do not call. So we're talking the federal do not call list at do not call.gov, which complies every month. You go get your big list, and then every month you have to update it, and then every six months you have to redo it again. I mean, it, compliance is a pain, and that's probably why agents do this. Solicitors must provide the name of their company and their company's telephone number to the consumer they're calling, aka no spoofing your number. That's all. Just don't spoof. There's people do it. Some people do it. I'm I sure don't. they're doing it all the time, yeah. They're doing all, you get, everyone Everybody's gets local calls. It. Yeah, I get local calls. I'm like, ooh, it's a lead from my area. And all of a sudden, it's like, hello. Dude, I, get, like, I know. Like, I, got, I, got my, I have had the same cell number for about 25 years. And all of a sudden, suddenly, I'm getting all these calls. With with my same like uh, you, you know first three numbers you know first yeah. six numbers right all these calls have the yep. first six numbers of mine I'm like who the hell got a cell phone yeah they're in 1991 spoofing it, the same year I got one and happens to you know be calling me that's not in my phone book it's such a yeah. scam. so to help our fellow agents if you have to ask yourself if this is the right thing it might not be. You know, it, it, you can, I, I say call the expireds, but don't harass them. I say comply with the do not call list, but you know, your, your company is supposed to maintain one. Try your best to do that, but follow the federal one and then be courteous in and out. You know, when it, this going back to that, it's about spam and unsolicited. And these are agents who are paying these services to get multiple sources of data. And then they're automatically the next morning at 7am spamming them saying, Good morning. I noticed your home is no longer for sale. If you're hiring the right agent, call me. I think your agent screwed up. Or whatever it is they're saying, they're doing it on you know these people's personal time, and that's you know unfortunately our business is a marketing. And I think I think eventually it'll go. I think it'll be all be illegal eventually. <clears throat> like all the MLS, yeah. all the boards, and they'll be like, look, if a house expires. Just, yeah. You just can't call them, you know. Cut, cut it out. Okay, so let's let's wrap this up with the with the last uh, piece of news here because I like to cover at least three big things. You, you know, Better Homes and Gardens came out, uh, which is uh, an entity under the Reality umbrella, of which you're under. You're you're essentially twenty one. You're under Reality, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So Century Twenty One, Coldwell Banker, Better Homes and Gardens, and a couple other little ones. So they came out and they're like, dudes, for for years we've been charging eight percent you know, franchise fees, and we're going to uh, drop our franchise fees to all, all of our agents to five. And not only are we going to drop it all the way down to five, we're going to cap it at 6,000. So they're like the most you could pay is 6,000, which means, you know, if you make $120,000, well, $120,000 gross commissions, 
uh, you'll pay 6k and then everything over 120 or whatever that you know you make you don't have to pay anything to better homes and gardens and they're obviously doing this in uh, to compete right with with Keller Williams uh, Remax and uh, EXP who keep who keep uh, suppressing the you know the the amounts agents are actually paying into the system into the broker i think uh, Keller Williams is is 6% they cap it at 3 Remax is 5% uh, if you don't have a desk, you know, and then, then they charge you uh, fees for desks and blah, 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 blah. EXP doesn't have one because they don't have the, you, you know, because it's, it's kind of blurred lines between the states and the, and the, they don't have really the regions uh, that, that need to be paid. Century 21, what, what are you guys at? Eight? Yeah, it's eight. Eight. So you get no, your local. Eight, yeah. No cap. So how's this going to work, right? You have you have Reology, who owns all these different companies, and Century Twenty One's been at eight. Better Homes and Gardens been at eight, and all of a sudden, Better Homes and Gardens drops five caps at six k. Century Twenty One's still at eight with no cap. So what, what do you think? Do you think eventually they're all going to fall because they're under the same <clears throat> umbrella, or do you think that uh, you're a Century Twenty One agent? Do you see it as oh, it's not a big deal? That's Better Homes and Gardens. I don't want to be at Better Homes and Gardens. I want to be at Century 21, so I'm willing to pay the extra cash. Yeah, I think in certain regions it would make a difference. There is no Better Homes and Gardens that I know of around here. I think they've been around here, but they're not big enough. Uh, it really is going to depend on the individual agent and what their expectation is coming in. I think there's a, a false expectation that agents come into the business and they're lured in by low cuts, low splits, but if they're not getting the support system or the, you know, all the support avenues, which are going to be culture, you know, the, the environment of who's going to be there watching your back, there's going to be the legal support from, you know, the, any of the, the attorneys, if it hits the fan, you're going to have the training from the office manager or broker on contracts, and then you're going to have the actual sales training going out and, and getting it. Well, now most of the advice that you can get is done on the internet, YouTube and all that. I mean, I, I go to, before I go to the company attorney, I Google it to see, okay, is this, is this a real thing? So agents come in there probably thinking like a for sale by owner thinks, and that is, I don't really need to pay all of these fees. I'm going to work out of my house. I pay my own gas. I'm going to pay my own things. So what would a company provide? That's why these companies now are, the big boxes are in so much trouble because the only thing they can provide is a logo and maybe some sort of recognition through the community. If an agent feels like, well, like me, I've been Century 21 for 26 years. I've always felt like it's one less objection. Who's your company? You know what I mean? I, and I'm fine with paying that. It'd be the same as if I wanted to open up a coffee shop, do I want to open up Festini Coffee or Starbucks? Well, I'm pretty sure that if I do Starbucks, I'm going to have to give them a cut, but I will have customers and we'll have a system <laughs> and a standard. And that's what agents have to understand is you get what you pay for. And the lower it goes, the less you're going to have access to. We got agents now and companies in particular who are doing these rent locations. So they're doing their business on the cloud and they're renting a location for their office space should they happen to meet a client and now you have all of your transactions cloud-based. Where are you getting your leads from? Are they from the internet? Who's teaching you this? Are you getting taught by YouTube and the internet? Is there somebody, like some guru or face of the company telling you, here's how to do it, kid? Or are you completely on your own? And that's why you're getting such a good cut. And so it's, it, it's a very, everything's complicated. It's not easy 
And if you're a new agent coming in saying, I don't want to pay that, I can do this on my own, you better know what you're doing and you, you're going to save just like a buy owner. Most buy owners, the studies will show that they don't get what they think they're going to get because they didn't tap into the resources of, of a company. So it, it's bigger than Realogy dropping their caps. It's more about them having to defend a dying culture of big box real estate and battling against this cloud-based stuff. And uh, about a year ago, I heard rumors of Century 21 playing that whole fees or I, I don't want to call it pyramid, but where you bring in someone and they bring in someone and they, that's the whole you know, model of like recruiting to get paid on the guy who you bring in under you and have yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. the pyramid or I, don't, yeah, I guess well, pyramid yeah, yeah, I mean, the same thing. Exit has it. EXP has Exit it. has it. We're, Keller yeah, Williams and so has it. And, and uh, it's all to entice agents to make more money. Sure, the truth sure. is, you make money selling real estate. Can this company give you what you're looking for regardless of the fee? Right. I mean, there's, there's at the end of the day, you know, that, that, you know, for things that agents look for, a small, only a small percentage of agents that are searching for brokerage are keenly aware uh, of the economics and make their decisions based on the economics. So, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's not that big a deal, but it's, but it is, it is interesting news. And, uh, and anyways, we're happy to cover it. So uh, let's wrap this up, James. I appreciate you coming on today, brother. And, uh, you, you know, uh, anytime you're welcome. Uh, we'll be back next week with Kevin Kaufman and myself. And uh, hopefully, or maybe hopefully not, there'll be some uh, good news to cover. James, have a great day, buddy. And thanks a Thank lot. Thank you very much. Uh, for all your As help. always, man. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market podcast with your host, Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Market. If you have any news you would like us to cover, please go to Next Level Agents on Facebook or send an email to info at rebusuniversity.com. That's info at rebusuniversity, R-E-B-U-S, university.com, and we'll be sure to bring it up. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.